Good evening, friends. Welcome to another episode of Perfect in Love with John and Kim. I'm John. And I'm Kim. And guess what? What? It's not Thursday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Special, 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 special episode. I don't think it's a sin. Okay. I, that's all about why you're doing it, how, and, and what. Anyway, here we are. It's Tuesday. And so the reason we are recording uh, early and you're getting a bonus episode is? Because we have a lot of camp interviews to showcase to yeah, you. We have a surplus of content and cool people sharing their hearts. And so, you know, our first one with Ashley, if you haven't listened to that yet, tune in. Um, really good. Uh, she poured her heart out as to how um, coming to Bayshore affected her life and where she is now. And that's really cool. Who you're going to get to listen to tonight is our dear friend Chris Smith. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Chris uh, has been attending Bayshore for a number of years. That's actually where we met him. He... No, really? You met him at camp? He has counseled uh, quite a few different camps here now as he's an adult. Um, but he came here as a wee little camper. And, well, he'll tell you all about it in the interview. But um, the thing I really appreciate about Chris, and we learned about Chris, is that he has a very transparent heart, I think is what I want. Um, not that you can, like, see through it, because that would be weird. Not, like, literally see through it. I think that would be, like, a health concern. It's like the Harry Potter invisible cloak. Invisibility cloak, yeah, yes. Um, but he, you can, you can just see um, the sincerity of his heart and his actions right on him. He wears it. Um, he he mentions in the interview, you'll hear him talk about how when he's at camp, he's in like a special mode or he's a special person or, or a special side of him, I think is what he says. And, you know, some people hear that and think, oh, you know, he's a, you know, he's a different person when he's not at camp. Well, yeah, in some ways, if you took that out of context, it sounds like a bad thing that you're only giving your best when you're at camp and and then you're a different person other times. But I know his heart and what he means by that. And if you know him and you've seen him, you know that he's, you know, he's a good God-following, Jesus-believing, Bible-believing man everywhere in his life, right? But at camp, he's, like, super pouring out his heart for Jesus to all those kids. And you can just, he just wears it on him. You can see it when he's here, and it's so cool. Um, and because of that, and because of what he found at Bayshore, he wants to give everything he can, and he's chasing a calling in life to serve God and to serve youth because of that. And that's so cool. So before we hear from Chris, a couple of things. One, we've got a big event coming up here at Bayshore next month. Is that correct? What's that all about? It is the auction. Auction? What's an auction? Yeah. So prior to COVID, they, meaning Bayshore, Bayshore staff and Liz, bless her heart, has put together a live auction in the youth center where we're collecting donations and things to auction off. They have a 
um, I believe, a dessert contest of some sort and um, things like that going all day. And all of the proceeds that are uh, gathered that day go towards camp scholarships, which is great because um, that way kids and families that actually want to attend camp and are kind of shocked by the the price that comes along with that now, they don't have to worry about it as much because there's people um, that are donating to the auction and donating to that cause that help send campers make it here to Bayshore. So that is happening on April 22nd. And I believe the first bid starts at 9 a.m. And it is happening here on grounds in the U Center. There are lots of cool things already, too, that are going to be in it. Uh, hunters, the gentlemen, ladies, uh, those that like uh, hunting animals. There is a miraculous tree stand in there that has been donated. There is a couple of vacuum sealers. There are all sorts of goodies, good things in there. Um, if you like to fish, I've seen some fishing poles and tackle. Uh, there are some, I think I've seen a, uh, what is it like, what do they call those, power wheels? Those little toy, or not little, but those toy battery-operated cars that kids can drive. Pretty sure I've seen one of those. Um, Million-dollar masterpieces. Yeah, some paintings from uh, one of your favorite podcast hosts. Me, not me, not you. <laughs> you don't uh, want to paint with me. Wow. Anyway, lots of cool stuff in there. But most importantly, it's a great way to um, basically grow the kingdom. There are lots of ways to serve God and to work in the ministry. And there's lots of ways to work in this ministry in particular. Um, you can share time, talents, and treasure. So if you have talents that you can use to help contribute to um, upkeeping the, the campus and the ministry, helping with retreats, camps, whatever, that's great, that's needed, that's wanted. There's ways to do that. There's ways to um, donate. If you have time, that is also something that is always needed and helpful if you want to come in you want to do dishes you want to cut grass whatever it is that you want to do um, if you want to help serve with the kids and teach the kids you want to be a, a cabin leader uh, you want to be in volunteer staff one of the camps there are room to do those things camp also requires financial resources to happen mm -hmm. and so you can also um, be a giver of treasures that the Lord has trusted you with. So mm -hmm. doing it through the auction is a way to do that and to get some neat stuff. Mm -hmm. You can also do that without participating in the auction. Um, so as you hear these stories, listening to the podcast, um, getting the Bayshore newsletter, however you get your information on what's going on, you can see the work that and the effect that the work this ministry does has and what makes that possible for so many people to get there and to see that is support. Uh, I just think I feel like a PBS drive support from viewers like you. Um, but there are many different ways to do that. One of the best ways to do that, though, is through uh, signing up to be a monthly giver. 
Uh, you can sign it up so it's reoccurring, automatically comes off of a credit or debit card or automatically right out of a checking or savings account. And you know, you, you know what you've budgeted for. And that helps the camp to know what they can budget for rather than just do a drive and have a whole bunch of money coming at once. Knowing that they have those monthly contributors, you know what's going to be there. We know what resources we can use and what we can do. Um, you go right to bayshorecamp.org. You can sign up and you can do that. You can do a one-time gift. You can do a reoccurring gift. You can set it up so it's monthly, annually, quarterly. You can set it up so it's weekly, bi-weekly, twice a month, however you want to do it. And um, every gift from you know, $10 a month up to those of you that are already um, praying over doing $1,000 a month, bless you. Those are all appreciated and those all help incredibly. Uh, you're going to send people not just to experience a fun time kayaking and doing zipline and pool, but to learn about and to experience Jesus Christ and to potentially change all of eternity for different people. And quite frankly, like you and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for givers that allowed me to go to camp when I was younger because without me and my cousin coming to camp and my sister and then my brother, I wouldn't have begged you to come along. So we wouldn't be sitting here. So Absolutely. a lot of it's life changing. So if you're able to help, help a child and help a camper go to camp. You don't know what impact that's going to have and what fruit that's going to have later in their life. So it is, it is life changing. Yeah. Time is a great uh, gift to, to share, but uh, financial resource, if you have it, is a quick gift to share and a way to change a life. So uh, please pray about that, discern over that. If you need help making that happen and doing that, please let us know. Reach out to us through our Facebook or Instagram um, or just uh, come visit the camp. Come find us. On that note, I'd like to share a little bit of scripture tonight before we lead into Chris. And um, before we got into our activities tonight, we actually just got done recording another interview for a future podcast. I was doing some studying on uh, Ephesians, prepping for some sermons later this summer. And Ephesians is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And I think very often our themes and where we go when we're here at the camp come back uh, to a lot of principles and Paul's basically love letter to the church in Ephesians. And I think Chris wears a lot of this right in his personality. And so I think it's appropriate for tonight. So in Ephesians chapter two, we're talking about um, being made alive in Christ. And so um, Paul starts in chapter two, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace 
expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. A couple of things in that. We've all been dead in our transgressions and sins. Bible tells us all about that in the 1,399 pages prior to this. God has offered a way for us to be made alive again through Christ. It's a gift. It's nothing we did to earn it. There's no works we have done to make that happen. It is by grace that that's been offered and through faith that we can receive it. After... It is because of that that we are to do good works, that we are to be like Chris and to serve and to want to pour our lives into helping others get there. Ta-da! Making the podcast on the bus. Ta-da! I know, because Ta-da. they don't work and come through. So, a little bit of God's truth for us. Um, all stemmed in love. So thank you, Paul, for that. Let's pray, and then uh, we're going to let Chris take over. Am I going to pray? Yeah. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Lord, help us. Um, Thank you so much for your word, your truth, and allowing that to be an instruction manual for us. And uh, a way for us to learn uh, language that you speak to us in so we can hear you and um, come to you. Thank you for all the blessings that you've poured out to us and that you continue to. Thank you for the opportunities to serve here and to try and just make your kingdom bigger, Lord. Help us to do things that glorify you and are pleasing to you. Help us to see with your eyes and hear with your ears. I mean, anybody that's listening to this, if they don't know you, let them have the courage and boldness to speak out and find out about you and know what it is that you've done to provide uh, an eternal life for us and to make us alive again when we have been dead. We ask all these things in your name, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, without further ado, folks, we will talk to you again soon. It'll be very quickly. Thursday will be here, and you will get your regularly scheduled programming. But for now, we are going to let you uh, hear us interview Mr. Chris Smith, a wonderful Bayshore alum and current uh, servant of Christ. Have a good night. Good night. Where was the start? Oh, no, my. Uh, Many years ago when I was shorter and had less hair. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Um, Back in the spring... Uh, of 2004 um i forget what i was going into fifth or sixth grade one of the two or i was in fifth or sixth grade um and i remember back in old reese middle school there was they would always have the recess tournament so like they would pick different sports so you know basketball there's football a touch flag whatever it was um one of them happened to be soccer and obviously the teams were very much randomized. Um, 
nobody really had any idea about soccer to an extent. You just had the basics, everything like that. Um, but the team I happened to be on won it. And that very next Sunday, um, I'm sitting in Sunday school. Uh, my Sunday school teacher, you know, Janet Alcesser, great person. Um, I owe her a lot. It was so it was that next Sunday after we won, it was a championship game. She, you know, we get done with, you know, the lesson, everything. We're working on the end of the lesson project, activity, whatever it was. And she gave me a flyer for Bay Shore and said, you might, you know, like, take a look at this. You might find this interesting and enjoy it. So I'm flipping through and and whatnot, flipping through the flyer. And then I'm looking at all the sports games. She, she's trying to, you know, kind of, you know, like she's leading me towards the sports games, knowing who I was at the time and, and whatnot. And so you might like basketball or this and stuff like that. And I'm, then I see soccer and I'm like, me being a naive middle schooler at the time, I'm like, okay, my team just won this tournament. I'm going to try it out. You know, not knowing anything about soccer whatsoever, <laughs> I still went. Because, um, again, bullheaded, naive. Um, but honestly, that's probably the greatest decision I have actually ever made. Knew nothing about it, but left the week knowing at least something. I'm still in contact to this day to the counselors I had. Who are the counselors? You know, uh, Chris Bowen and Mike Yoder. Um, Chris Bowen, uh, Mike, uh, he lives in Virginia now. Um, Chris lives in Hudsonville with his wife, Kara, and their two kids. Um, I still keep in contact with, you know, Chris very regularly. Um and honestly, every time I get a chance to, I walk into cabin 10 because that was my very first cabin ever there. Um, I still, to this day, remember the exact for, the first exact bunk I slept in when I was at camp. Yeah, as that's... weird as that sounds, I just, every time I walk in there, it's I know exactly where we're <laughs> It's not weird for camp people. But no, was that so top or bottom? Was it by a door? Bottom by a door. Bottom by so a that door. back door. That's a counselor bunk. I still got it somehow. <laughs> I, I still commandeered the 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 bottom bunk, yeah. made it work. There you go. Yeah, mine was but. cabin six, and I can tell you my bed too. You know, Virginia. <laughs> so, like it's weird how we were just talking about that today on how when we're kids, like certain things stick out to us in our memory about camp. Oh, oh yeah, no, and that's the thing too. So like, I started going there, or going to camp in two thousand four. This year. You know, obviously, I didn't. I wasn't able to be a part of it last year. You know, very. I'm very blessed and thankful that my wife is okay and yeah. is healthy, um, and everything is under control. Um, and I do plan on being back this year. This year is going to. I'm at least. I think I'm at 21 or year 22. One of the two. So I've been coming for a minute. Once I started coming as a counselor. You know, Chris Bowen ended up taking over as the dean for years and years until Aaron Cole and, you know, Brandon Miller took it over. Um, when Chris Bowen was a dean and I'd always come back and counsel for him, we would always play like the old school theme songs that we would have every single year. And for whatever reason, I was the only one that remembered every single song, every motion, every, like everything to a T. And everyone would look at me like, what the heck? No, nobody else could do it. But again, so. What was, um, what was life like before you came to camp? Lost. 
I just no sense of direction. Um, just lost. And I had I knew nothing about, obviously knew nothing about soccer. It was just interesting. But obviously I was going to Sunday school. And for me, I say I kind of come to, I came to, kind of came to faith on my own. Um, you know, my mom at the time, uh, when my sister and I were growing up, didn't really have the means to take us to church all the time just because of her work schedule as a nurse and everything. And then, so once I started going to camp, that's when, you know, that's why I decided, no, I want, I want to run with this. I want to, you know, as cheesy as this is, I want to be like Carrie Underwood and say, Jesus, take the wheel. Let's go. Right. Um, Now. So before camp lost since now, I would not, I would not be where I am, who I am today without camp. Um, it was because of camp since then I've decided, no, I want to, and whatever, whatever avenue, whatever way that is, you know, whatever that looks like it, God calls me to, you know, I'm going to make everything my ministry. Um, and that's why I want to work with kids specifically. Again, whatever that looks like, youth pastor, camp, you know, teaching, coaching, stuff like that. Um, I want to work with kids and impact, um, make an impact on kids' lives like how I received it. So um, I owe everything to Bayshore, without a doubt. I'd argue with you, but that's for another time, brother. I'll just say you owe everything to Jesus. <laughs> Bayshore is just the vehicle. But, very, um, very true. I agree. So back to, would you say your Sunday school teacher's name was Janet? Yeah. Back to her, back to Janet handing you that flyer. That flyer. Were you... Were you pumped to come? Were you nervous? Were you, you know, what was the? Oh, nervous. Because again, I, you know, I being bullheaded, I'm like, I see soccer. I want to go, you know, and then figuring out once I started to realize it as it was getting closer and closer, like this is, this is also a, this is a, you know, Christian camp. Like this is going to be a lot different than what you probably think it is. And, and I knew nothing about faith. You really, I had an idea of who God was but didn't really until that the end of the week um, and whatnot. So, um, yeah. What, um, so what were you looking for when, when you decided to come, what were you hoping to gain from it? Hoping to gain for a while. I've actually never been asked this question and that's something I've never even thought about. No. Um, just to, just to get a better understanding of everything, really. Um, just to see where it goes, try it out, and see what would happen at the end of the week. Um, and again, let me turn this light on here. Um, but by the end of the week, I mean, I had a, I grew a love for Christ, and I wanted to keep coming back year after year. And, you know, I'm now going on year, you know, tw- I'm at 20 plus years here. So, um yeah, that I just I was looking to gain a sense of knowledge and understanding of what, you know, what Christ was, what this what, what a faith journey looks like, and having God at the center of my life, and so so it's, it's been amazing. Obviously, you knew you needed something. You're you're looking yeah. to, get to to get that more. Not not everybody you know shows up here with that. You know, some people they come to play soccer or they come to make friends. You know, and they might mm-hmm. know they're missing something, but they don't have right. that. So it's cool that you had that. Um, is there a particular moment or person that stands out most, uh, for you as having an impact? 
um, as far as counselor or camper? Yeah, whatever. Um, a, a time in the tabernacle, a time on the soccer field, a particular counselor, a conversation, uh, another camper, somebody you threw down with. I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, there's a ton of stories that are like things that come to mind, man. Um, the one that key, and I've been thinking about this um, for last the last couple of days. Like, what is it when I get to this question? What's the specific one? And the one that just keeps coming to mind. I remember for years, I forget, I forget what year exactly was I had him first. Um, but if the name Cody Babcock rings a bell, then you would know who he is or the Weeder holds in, at, in USA. Um, that kid was one of my very first campers I ever had in the camp. Um, knew him for years. And now I've gotten to counsel all, you know, both his brothers you know, Brady and Ryan. And I remember back in 2012, uh, this was right before I got into the, uh, you know, got deployed and went to boot camp for the Navy. I had my whole summer free. I decided I'm spending it at Bay Shore. I'm going to counsel at as many camps as I can uh, right. before I get exhausted, before going to uh, the boot camp. Um, but I remember that year at soccer camp, I had – I didn't counsel in 2000. I forget what year it was. I want to, it was 2014. I remember this now. It's coming back to me. 2013, you know, I counseled in 2012. Didn't counsel in 2013 because we had a training exercise um, off the coast in San Diego that I couldn't get off, time off for. And so I had to be out there that year and missed it. I go back the following year in 2014. And I'm, you know, Cody's in my cabin again, where I was, you know, we pick up right where we left off, you know, we're having a great week. And then it gets to the point where he's trying to have, he wants to have a serious talk. And I can kind of feel like just by how, you know, his body language and his demeanor, where this is going, to, where this is going to, you know, come to a head, you know, by the end of the week. And he sits me down and I told him, we're going to sit outside in the, you know, in the pew areas or the benches outside the tabernacle and, we just get to start getting to talking and he tells me a story about what happened the year before that I missed or when I missed camp and how somebody in his life that was also at camp that year um, has been going to camp for years now too. Um, she had hurt him. It was somebody that he knew from USA and was like, liked and was interested in. Um, something happened there and his anger almost got the best of them. And when he, that happened, he didn't get into any altercations with anybody, but he got into, you know, he pushed himself harder to where he injured himself and could not participate in play the rest of the week. And he was starting to tell me this story and how everything unfolded without getting into, you know, more, much, too much detail. Started to tell me the story and how he, if I would, would have been there, and was his coach or counselor, I would have told him, you can go, you know, sit under the tent, sit in the shade, breathe a little bit, drink some water, and then go back out there after, you know, five, ten minutes. I would have, he told me that, like, you would have saved me and everything like that. And then he starts going on more and more. And then it gets to the point where he says, I want to come back as a counselor, and I want to be a part of some sort of ministry because of you and the impact you've made in my life. And at some point, you know, want to get into youth, you know, youth ministry. And that 
like brought me to tears. Like, dude, I've never, that's the first time some, any kid has ever said something like that yeah. to me, broke me down. And I can remember at, you know, the staff meeting that night told everybody and everybody was brought to tears about the whole story and everybody, you know, we all got together, prayed for Cody and um, the rest of the campers, but that right there sticks out the most. Um, as like a big profound story of somebody that's impacted me. And to this day, I can remember back then I was struggling. Like, what am I doing? What do I do? Like, I don't know what I'm going to, you know, after, what am I going to do at the military? What do I want to study? What do I want to do with my life career? And that right there, that specific moment sitting on that bench outside the tabernacle that year, um, that summer really was, it was my eye opener. And as soon as Cody walked away, you know, I, I sent them back to the cabin and I take a kid to go get night meds after. And I'm, I'm just walking and I'm talking to this kid that I'm taking, but I start looking up, you know, up to the sky and I'm just like, all right, God, I got it. Like, I, I know what you're, I know what you're trying to do right now. So, um, yeah, that made me realize, no, I want to get into ministry and pursue it as a career. So that's cool, man. Um, I mean, what, what do you think it was about your relationship with Cody that made him say that? Just the intentionality, being there, um, being empathetic and trying to understand, you know, his life and what he's gone through, his experiences as a youth and trying to make sure he knows that he's not alone. And somebody, he's got somebody there other than, you know, mom, dad, stepdad, somebody, grandparents that cares about him. Right. And wants to be involved with his life and know, know how he's doing, you know, regularly keep, you know, just be a part of his life, go to certain events of his like baseball games. So I would go to a lot of his baseball games unannounced. I'd go to a lot of his basketball games without him knowing. Heck, I can remember. I, I made that a point to just uh, not just with Cody, but all my campers um, to be a part of their lives and make sure I'm, at their tournaments or games and stuff like that. So they knew like, okay, this kid care, this guy cares about me. I want to, I want to spend more time with him when he's around, you know, I want to see what he's got to say. Um, so yeah, that'd, that'd be a good answer to that question, man. Um, we've touched on it a little bit, but how, how do you think things are different in your life because of Bayshore? I'd say, you know, my life is being you know, with Bayshore in the picture and in my or part of my life as, as it is. Um, as I would not, I just have to be lost. I would be, I wouldn't feel conflicted to be a part of or do certain things or try certain things that the world's trying to tell us or tell not just me, but every, you know, every single one of us say, like, hey, this is okay to do when it's really not. You know, I wouldn't know what living a good life is without camp. Like, it's just simple, just to simply put it. I mean, there's no other way to look at it, you know? Um, so, yeah, it, I just, I would not be the same. I'd be just a lost kid, lost, you know, 30-year-old right now if I wasn't a part of Bayshore. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had the experiences I've had wouldn't have gone to the military, wouldn't have gone to college, wouldn't have met my wife, I wouldn't have done anything I've done in life without Bayshore, without having, you know, having God at the center of my life and focused on. So um, I just owe everything to him, man, simply put. That's cool. 
Is there anything else on your heart about Bayshore that you'd would like to share? It's just the experiences and the things I've been able to do, man, and see these, see the reactions of these kids, you know, year in and year out. When you keep going back and it's a familiar, and when you see these kids, it's a familiar face. It's like, okay, no, like that right there. Knowing that I've been in, you know, even in a, even if it's just a small way, being able to make an impact on the kid's life and know that they keep coming back, you know, because of something you did whether it's something very specific or broad, it doesn't matter. The fact that these kids keep coming back year after year and you're seeing this, it's like these kids get to grow and grow. Like, you know, it's feel, it feels weird. I'm not going to lie. It And Kim probably feels the same way. Seeing these kids you've counseled now becoming camper or counselors themselves, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, but the fact <laughs> the fact that they we've been to, to baby showers and weddings and <laughs> I'm stuff like the grandma like... Like oh jeez yeah, I, I haven't get... <laughs> I haven't gotten to that part yet I've gotten to you know grad parties and you know stuff like that um but the fact that these kids keep co- wanting to come back and you know, I want to be a counselor I want to do what he did or she did because of this like that's awesome to see and that keep, that's been giving me the energy that I've had for years and years of like, no, I can, I'm, I'm going to rest and save my energy because come be, you know, Bayshore week when I'm there, like I'm all out. I do, I know. And you guys have seen me around camp to where I'm pretty crazy. Um, or have that side of me where it's just like, it, I just, it's that special side that bring that, you know, camp brings out of, out of me. So no, I, it's just making the impact in these kids' lives, man. That just makes it worth it. 